Hi, everyone. This is Kids and Faith, a podcast of Liberty Church of the River Wards. I'm John Alexander. I'm Melissa Wood. And I'm Stephen Wood. And we are here to give you encouragement, to give you instruction, and to fill you with shame, boatloads of shame, day after day, more of the same. Not really. We're here to fight shame, but we really do need to push one another. We're here to push you. We're here to challenge you and be challenged because this parenting stuff, this aunt and uncleing stuff, this grandparenting stuff, this neighboring kids in your life stuff is hard and it's a high calling and there's a lot at stake. And so we do want the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. If it starts to feel like shame, then we bring it back to the gospel. We remind ourselves that nobody's perfect, but that is no reason to give up on the hard work, but to trust God, put our hand back into the plow, to trust that there's forgiveness for all that's behind, and there's grace and strength for all that's ahead. So on that note, fighting the shame... <laughs> but pushing forward in the power of the Spirit to talk about this really hard issue, not to church it up with all that language, but we need it. We actually need a lot of faith to talk about um, kids and technology. And this is episode two of Kids and Technology. The last episode was kind of a setup. Before we talk about rules, before we talk about policy, and I guess we got into a little of that stuff, we talked about context. What kind of people do we want to become what kind of people do we want the kids in our lives to become? And how does that context, that, that just those, those hopes we have, how does that set to the table for the rules that we make? And of course, there's going to be rules. Uh, of course, there's going to be policies that are either going to be explicit or implicit. Um, but that's what we did last time. And we left the show on a cliffhanger. I want to make sure you all correct me if I... Uh, if I got this question wrong, I'm trying to remember it from last time. It was something like, what technologies in your life have you seen actually help you in the journey of your formation, becoming more Christ-like? Or maybe uh, in people you've seen, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, uh, kids in your lives that you've seen grow into adults. What positive role has technology played in... Uh, who they've become and who they're becoming. Um, I think some of the negative stuff's going to be more obvious, but uh, it's worth, I, I just talked about a car. Um, I don't know if that's cheating, because I think when we talk about technology, we're thinking more internet. We're thinking more um, talking to strangers uh, while you're playing Call of Duty when on your, <laughs> you know, seven screens in your living room or something. <laughs> like, um there's, a, there's lots of kinds of technology, and I don't want to totally diss technology because it's amazing, and so much of it is an incredible gift. That was one of the... I've thought of more. Um, I want to hear what Stephen and Melissa, what you have to say as well. What... Uh, that That's... Travel was huge for me. Mm -hmm. still is in terms of who I've become, that I like about who I've become, and who I pray my kids become, and transportation has been massive for that. I've thought of more, but let me... Let me dish it off to you all. Any thoughts on positive ways technology has yeah. impacted you all? Yeah, if we broaden the definition um, to include transportation, that's a huge one for our family. I mean, we have family across the country, and we wouldn't be able to be located in Philadelphia without 
and like still be in communication and regularly visit family without technology because we use FaceTime weekly um, to keep in touch with parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, um, and in order for them to have a role in our kids' lives, you know, they're FaceTiming all the time. It's kind of like the only thing that we can use with the exception of getting on an airplane, which we do frequently. <laughs> Our boys have been on a lot of plane rides. Michael's almost reached his 50th flight. Um, so we, yeah, we use, and if we're talking about airplanes, once we're on the airplane, we use technology a significant amount. Michael has, um, he basically doesn't have any restrictions on how much TV he's allowed to watch if he's 30,000 feet up in the air. Um, and it's really helped us have uh some calm quiet toddlers on the airplanes people often uh, compliment how well behaved our kids on flights and we are like honestly the ipad's kind of the reason why yeah he's being this yeah. <laughs> the, the part of the reason why it works is because we really we do try to restrict we limited it <laughs> and during all other times when he's on uh -huh. the ground are, wait hold on hold on are you saying your son only likes to look at ipads on planes because he looks at it none of the rest of his life uh that's the the principle, yes, but not 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 exactly. We we can get more rules at the end, but we our our rule is that we we try to only let them watch episodes of stuff uh, on Fridays. So Friday is like the Hallowood day of the week for them. It's okay. the, they can't wait. They, they ask wake, every every morning. They what woke day up is this it? morning and asked if it was Friday. If it's Friday, uh, but yeah. be, it's, it, which is to say, it's a good thing. It's a fine thing. We just have to constrain it, and then just ha that act of constraining, I, I think, has ended up. When he does have it in front of him, he's just like, he he gets mad that the plane has landed. My goodness. Okay, so you all, I fear, are too young to remember this. But when you talked about, is it Friday yet? And you're talking about technology. My mind just went back 30 years to the theme song for TGIF. Do you all know about TGIF? Not the restaurant. No. Thank God it's Friday. No. Okay. Network TV. All you 35 to 51 year olds whatever i'm just going to estimate know what i'm talking about starts at 8 p.m you go off strong start it off with family matters mm. you ever heard of urkel oh yes. yeah okay well family did matters. i do that or, excuse me i'm sorry start off with full house Ooh, oh i love not that fuller show. house posers xennials the og yeah full house oh, so good og full house bob saget mm -hmm. um candace cameron then Family Matters, then Step by Step. Do you remember Step by Fe Step, Code Man? And then fourth, you know what? They could never find a steady one. They didn't know <laughs> what to put in that 930 slot. But but you, you, like, I mean, every kid was waiting. Yeah. Every kid was waiting for Friday night. That was me on Saturday no, and, morning. And seriously, this is like a little, I'm, not, I'm identifying with your three-old a little bit. Yeah. Like Friday night was like, you almost didn't want to go out because it was T-G-I-F. And honestly, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit, it, it really took me back listening oh, yeah. to your three-year-old wait for Friday night because you don't wait for anything anymore. Right. There is nothing to wait for. I remember like when Lost, the TV show. Yes. Also ABC. Apparently everything good is on ABC. It began to stream. And if I could, I had the option, I think this is like 06, 07, I suddenly had the option I remember I was in seminary, actually. I could suddenly watch Lost on a Tuesday morning instead of staying up to whatever it was Wednesday night. And that was like the first for me. 
like you had this option of like multiple. Oh, I got yeah. way ahead of where we're going to go today. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's probably going to be a lot of that. How much stuff has changed? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Why? Uh, why it's changed, etc. Excuse me. Anyway, cut you off. Wait, iPads, can I airplanes. chime in real quick? Yeah. I think that's a really important thing that you're saying. Um, just because one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is because I think we described, we assigned two different adjectives to technology in our last episode. Um, I'm struggling to remember what the two were, but another adjective that I would use to describe at least smartphones and things with access to internet is they're very new because the advent of both iPhones and iPads and like personal individual devices are they're really really new and so one of the reasons why we want to have this conversation and why we hope that it doesn't fill you with shame is because we're really like on the the really early infancy years of seeing how this affects us and we don't have like a ton of data about how it's affecting people who've grown up with it from the time of their birth because we we haven't seen it all that much except with like one generation. Um, so it's important to have these conversations because it's so new. And so we're just starting to talk about how it's impacting us and our kids. So anyway, do your, get, do your answer sure about to the question. My, my tech answer? The Please. Thing yes, yes, we've that. been waiting. Finally. Oh, it's so it's a, it's actually a great one because it shows the tension of technology, I think. Because uh, I would say something that's positively and negatively for me over the years. And uh, this is a guilty pleasure of mine going back to when I was like 10, 11 years old, which is I love, I like, I love strategy computer games. Um, like, hmm. uh, like where there's CD a big campaign map. Games. Yeah. Where there's a big campaign map and I'm controlling uh, ancient armies and marshalling them towards various ends of conquest and whatnot. And, uh, and I started playing it for anyone's listening to the total war games were the, like the break in for me. Um, and mo- 90% of the people listening to this haven't heard of that. That's totally fine. Uh, but th- for those 10% that out there, you know who you are and we should talk about it sometime. Uh, but like, uh, on the one hand, these like, they're always based in historical settings. And I've like, I actually like my love for ancient history was really fueled through playing these games. And I actually learned about like ancient geography and the history of like ancient peoples. And it actually ended up being like something that stoked the flames of a lot of my passions and interests today that I, I would not sacrifice for anything um, that, you know, they, they make their way into what I do. They make their way into my preaching um, that the, the passions at least. Uh, and, and on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, I those things, and I still sometimes play these games or games like them. The those games, not there, are no very few things in my life that are so consuming, and that I could wake up in the morning and start playing one of those computer games, and could play it till like I could keep playing nonstop. Like, and there's there's not there are very few things in my life that I look at. And I'm like, when I like when those things turn on, it's like I lose track of all the uh, all the important things in my life um and clearly something that's just like a black hole uh that's my answer hmm. good answers good answers i mean i i, I think yeah um the there's some overlap and i think our answers i didn't think of some of those um steven you had to we were talking about before we started recording um last time we talked a lot about 
Andy Crouch. Yeah. And the name of that book again? Is TechWise Family. TechWise Family. And um, he talked a lot about context, who we want to become, who we want to see the children in our lives become. Uh, the context for the policies, the, uh, the the rules we create in our households. Um, but you wanted to tack onto that just a little bit about, uh, uh, just a little bit more of that wisdom before we get into um, concrete rules, policies that other people we know and respect have made in their household uh, related sure. to how we spend our time. Yeah, so it's, uh, and hopefully it can set a bit of a frame of, you know, we're all big, I'm all big into this one to, to frame the, the rules before we hit the prohibitions. It's also helpful to think of the, the positive things that we're trying to do together as yeah. a family, not just what we don't want, but what we do want. Yeah. That's exactly. a great frame. So like he said, he, starting with like the principle that like his, his first principle is that, you know, we, we seek to become wise and courageous people together in the Lord. Uh, and, and then he, from there, he moves on to like the, the way that you, a great way to, to learn what your life is about and what you're pursuing is to examine rhythm or examine time and space and how those things are, are situated, practiced, uh, in family life. Uh, so particularly like with, with like a time, um, a, a great, great question to think about. Like if you're, you're trying to raise kids who are wise and courageous or consider your answers from the last time that from the first part of this podcast, as you looked at the pictures of your kids, is like, what are rhythms that your family already has or could have on like an annual basis or a monthly basis or a weekly basis or a daily basis that really are pursuing those, those ends. Um, and also consider how, again, going back to harking back to our previous episode, how technology is often at the fringe when it comes to building up these rhythms and pursuing the, the goals that we talked about in the last episode. So like an, an example from our family, something we try to do, which I got this straight from Andy Crouch. We got this straight from Andy Crouch again is, uh, this is, it sounds kind of cheesy, but our boys have come to love it. And it's, uh, every Saturday night we have a candlelit dinner. Um, and cut the lights. Yeah. We cut the lights. Uh, uh, you, maybe you should talk about how the boys have responded to it. Yeah. Well, Jeremiah, our two-year-old, basically thinks it's we're celebrating a birthday every time that we do it. Um, but they have an inside joke between the two of them where Michael always asks, our three-year-old always asks our two-year-old, what do you want to do? And he always responds, um, kindos. Um, they like look forward to it all the time. And they that's another one of the um, days of the week that they look forward to because we... Well. It's like a little family tradition. What, yeah, which, again, going back to the things we said in the last episode, is like, who are the men and women we're seeking to raise? It's like people who can sit across the table from those whom they love and talk about their lives and their day. And we're doing that in a very toddler parent way, of course. So the goal is not to eradicate the evil of halogen bulbs. No. Yeah, it's... The goal is to... The goal is to... Uh, no, more, more seriously... Um, take this maybe just novel way of bringing light mm. right to say we're here together right mm-hmm. we're together um around a table because it's part of the good life yes. that god has given us to be in the same place together and something that's it's way more than the sum of the the wick and the wax and mm-hmm. the candle holder is just this thing in our midst that does bring light 
and pro probably, I mean, all kinds of shades of meaning that even you as the adults around the table can't pick up one, but that's just saying we convene around this light to have our meal and there's no way this could happen in the full way that we're experiencing it unless we're right here with this kind of like, and maybe it's just the, 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 the excitement of seeing a match lit mm. and yeah. mm -hmm. se seeing the kind of the wax bleed down the side of the candle, like, like, yeah, I do. I like that a lot. To it is it incredibly simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and inexpensive, folks. Yes, IKEA tea light candles, <laughs> three forty nine no, for a I pack like of it. fifty. I like it a lot. I love the simplicity of it, and it is very childlike. It's like the wonder of of these very simple things. That I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been fun to see the kids learn to love it. Uh, it's been surprising, even. It's like, and this is one of the things from the the book I read that. I was like, really? Like your kids are his kids. Crouch's kids are like, at the time he was writing the book, they were like 14, 15 years old and they just like loved it. And I was like, really? <laughs> and now I can think like if we kept doing it every week with our kids, you know, and there'll be plenty of weeks we'll miss. Uh, but like you do it for a long time and they come to love it. Um, yeah, we often forget. And then halfway through dinner, we're like <gasps> the candles and we shut yeah. off all the lights and there's like a, Oh <laughs> yeah. Other rhythms of time you know like do you uh put your phone to bed before you put yourself to bed you know phone go phone goes to bed and before us and wakes up after us that's something i really try to do uh phone Steven's is in a, a lot better at that yeah, one than i am yeah, yeah. phone is, is in a different room at night than where i am so that way i can focus on talking to Alyssa, being with Alyssa, or reading books before bed uh i'm reading a book on sleep right now and that's really good for your rhythms of sleep you get better sleep if your phone's out of your room and if you're not looking at blue light for two hours prior to going to bed but i've yet to follow the research and follow through with that one and, it, and it's actually like a reason to go and like for so many of us our phone is our alarm clock mm -hmm. it's like not i remember sleep. hearing simon sinek talking about this one time he's like i'll buy you an alarm clock <laughs> yes i'll buy you one Steven keeps breaking. Steven of keeps buying alarm clocks. I'm like, I will I not do it because they've broken three times. I've gone through this. I'm on one third. They do break, but they're $12 on Amazon. And it's like, if we're, if we're willing to pay $1,000 for this, like hyperspeed computer device in our pockets, like there, that is why a $12 phone. Yeah. That's one that I hope, I hope nobody feels shame as we're talking about this. Yeah. Um, I'm not sorry about talking about this. If you do feel shame, there is no desire to make you feel shame, but almost everybody I know does this sometimes and it's it it actually is kind of uh giving this thing power over your life so we're getting into rules now i think that's okay i think we should probably stay on here on the way out because there's so many like if the rules rules more i'll tell you this folks more and more in my life and more and more as i see as i learn about life and learn about my own life and meet my kids friends and their families and um, the rules of God, the wisdom of God, is really gracious. Um, I, I do not appreciate Martin Luther's radical distinction between law and gospel. It is actually, in our tradition, not quite as, well, if you're familiar with the Reformed tradition versus the Lutheran tradition, the law is gracious. Like, the rules are gracious. Like, a way that is beautiful is a gift from above. And that's what the law of the Lord is. Now, these aren't chapter and verse scripture rules, but they are, they are just ways that people have gone before us or are alongside us now have found some wisdom to enact the life that 
they feel called to in Christ. And so we're going to, without apology, roll out some rules. And it's not you have to. It's not. Almost none of these are thus saith the Lord rules, but they are like, I know I need rules and I know I will break some of them, but they help me hold fast to the beautiful way and help me and my kids find freedom from the things that enslave. Um, And I embrace them graciously, knowing that in none of these things are my salvation or my favor with God or my, you know, my self-image, all that comes from grace. But we're going to talk about rules, folks. And I hope its experience is a gift. Even if these are things that are like, nope, that does not fit our family. And I don't see that as bringing about God's flourishing in this life. So um, that's a good one to start on. That's a rule I want to make. And and, uh, it it is a good one. It's like, if if my eyes need to be on this as I fall asleep every night, that's going to give it some real... There's something powerful to my eyes fall asleep looking at this every night where it's just hard to pull away. I don't want that. I do, it is part of my life. I do not want it to be. And I have had long seasons of it not being part of my life. And you know what's between me and not doing that anymore? It's probably a 2.99 alarm clock. Mm. Yeah. Which I do need. I'm not going to wake up at this time of year. And I mean, the sun wakes me up early enough other times of the year, but I need an alarm clock. So that's what, hey, what, what, other, what other frames... Have you all found helpful as thinking about while we're on the topic of phones? And I think we need to take it past phones. But why don't we just stay on phones while we're here? Because there's such a it's such a big part of people's lives. Um, uh, one one thing I've heard people say is there are off hours for phones. Um, mom, dad, kids come together at a certain hour, say four, say six. Phones go on the mantle. Mm. or something and maybe one person's phone stays on if it's work necessity or if there's an emergency line or something but they don't get picked up again until bedtimes they just don't unless it's to call grandpa on the west coast or call a cousin or a friend or something this doesn't work for everybody of course it doesn't work for everybody it it works for us it works for our family and we are a pretty connected family um there's not a great reason most of the time that I should have my phone in my pocket between four and eight and, and after eight for that matter, although I have to check it. I have to, I, for, for work purposes, I do need to check it a lot of times. Um, but lots of nights I don't, lots of nights I don't check my phone after, uh, four and then a few nights a week I'm working. So of course I'll have my phone on me. Um, but that's one that my family uses and we break it sometimes but more often than not, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's it's a we're saying behind the scenes with some of these rules too. It's like if we want our kids to grow up to be uh, men and women who are you know who love others and are humble and you know and we see that there are ways that like them getting towards that is not is through not primarily through technology, but is probably perhaps not being addicted to technology. Then like. We, a great way we 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 can get them towards that point is through not being addicted ourselves, and that's, it's also like a helpful thing to keep in mind when with all these parenting things, right? It's like I restrict my kids to one day of TV a week. It's like if I'm if I'm like watching three hours of TV every night or more with uh, like I don't know. There's something about that that's like I want my kids to be someone. Yeah, there are ways that you, like, as a parent, feel hypocritical when you enforce boundaries on your kid and you're not applying them to yourself. I think of that especially with potty training and screens in the bathroom. It's like Michael often asks 
during potty train potty training to like be able to watch something while he's in the bathroom and for a while we were letting him listen to songs because it was the only thing that would keep him on the potty long enough to I'm sorry we're talking poop now that's not where we were trying to go with the podcast but um just to like keep him in there to give him something to entertain him which Mm -hmm. why do I think he needs to be entertained while he's trying to poop on the potty um and yet I bring my phone into the bathroom while I use the bathroom and so if I had a rule of not bringing my phone into the bathroom um it would be more in line with what I'm asking him to do by like no we're actually not gonna listen to songs while you're in the bathroom because I think you're just asking to use the bathroom so that you can listen to songs oh yeah (laughs) and it's not uh yeah that's what I'd be doing if I were Michael (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah uh there's like on the note of screens it's um we have oh my goodness we've tried a lot we we have found we don't uh, restrict it to one day a week at all but we have during the school year really just by trial and error kept it to friday saturday sunday and days off mm-hmm. is uh which there are an incredible number of in the philadelphia school district um, just had a three and a half day weekend and like, I'm not even, I couldn't even tell you what the, well, it was indigenous people today, but like they're just, I mean the first, ugh, I, I won't get into it. Um, they get a lot of TV this time of year, like yeah. more than they will in like January probably. But, um, that reason was just like, it, it we were just up against it. Homework, uh, other stuff, you know, Liberty Kids Club Thursday nights yeah. and like, the, like sometimes there's some sports and things like that. It's like. If, if it's an option, it's something that they will find a way to crowd in. The day's not, I didn't get any TV today, any TV. Um, you know, I know there's families I respect who, who do like certain number of screens, like uh, some families do like, like educational stuff, documentaries on weeknights only or something, you know, something like that, educational TV, or they just do TV. There's not really a rule in terms of what days, but for us, uh, it was tyrannizing us on weeknights, especially on weeknights. And, um... So that's a rule that's really helping our family, even though my son will just thinks it's the most incredible injustice. He knows nobody else. He knows nobody else. And we're certainly not better than them, those other families. No one else who's not allowed to play video games when they get home from school. He doesn't know anybody else. And I am never more sure that for us, for our family, it is a really bad idea to allow that on on, on weekdays just because of our schedule and the other just the, it almost feels like a, a war between the things that you want to do and love to do, like aspire to do and have to do. And, uh, man, those screens just creep in and take over. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I'm sorry. I didn't want to jump past phones though. Yeah, there's more to say yeah. there, but, but please, Alyssa, what did you have right there? Um, I think the reason why we're even talking about rules is because so many screens are, like the types of things that we're doing that are fun and amusing um it's they're built in such a way that we're like they're designed to keep us engaged and there aren't like as you're reading a book there's like you come to the end of a chapter or if you're reading a magazine you come to the end and then you know like you're done put it down close it put it away you've reached a breaking a break point or a stop point um but with devices they're designed in such a way that like you just keep scrolling you just keep playing you keep leveling up there's no there's no end of the show it just rolls into the next exactly yeah it's like keep playing it like clicks into it without picking what you're going to choose next with netflix and stuff um but they're designed in a way to like keep our kids on it longer which is why it's on us as the parent to teach them how to 
like self-limit self-regulate and like find ways to um have like some sort of external cue that it's time to put it away like an alarm goes off in the room like I've been on it for and two hours now it's time to shut it down but um they're just built in such a way to keep our attention for longer um it, and just on the heels of that I don't want to forget a future episode sorry I think I just smacked the microphone future episode top 10 ways to spend the time with your kids mm. yeah, that aren't screens um, I just need ideas. This is saying something from a place in need. Like there's a couple sports, a couple board games we love. By the way, I, 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 have an, I have kids with an insatiable desire to learn more board games that they like. Mm. And like a lot of them I try to like, nope, hate that one. Like this, like I feel like that could be a really great like the listener yeah. mail, um, podcast email. Um, we would love to know how are you spending the time if you really want a refuge from screens because a lot of us feel tyrannized by them. Um, as much as we sometimes like them as well. So, um, Alyssa, I would like to know some of your study related to um, this. One, one big question is when when do you get your kids a phone? Mm-hmm. Um, one other place just uh, for people who are wondering that I want to cover before we, we, we end today is, yeah, uh, we're going to now go into when do you get your kids a phone? What kind of boundary should there be there? And also um, just... <sighs> the dynamic of stuff is out there as your kids get older you can't monitor them all the time and so how to talk to your kids about stuff that they can access when you're not there because unless you want to keep your kid in a cave until they're 18 they're going to have their eyes on screens that you don't know about that other kids they know have just in every pocket (laughs) like and uh I want to talk about that because I have questions and I also have ideas. So th- those two things, and we could talk about more, um, but those two things at least I want to hit before we're done. Would you talk to us a little bit about some wisdom related to when when to get a kid a phone and the wisdom that's out there with experts and then just people you know yeah. who are trying to do the right thing? So I think... Um... Yeah, we were talking before we started recording just about how, like, this answer is going to have to be different for families with unique circumstances. Um, My parents are divorced and lived in different states, and so I got a phone pretty early, like, around the age of 12 or 13, just to be able to keep in touch. Um, And you kind of have to do what feels right for your family with if your child is spending time away from you and needs a way to get in contact with you. Um... But I went to a seminar once on kids and technology and um, somebody asked the question, I gave my kid a smartphone, they're 11, and I'm seeing that they're on it all the time and I just can't take it back from them. Like, it seems to be consuming their life. How do I limit restrictions now? And the person that was leading the seminar was like, well, I guess you should just be an example to the rest of us that it's really difficult to like rein things in once you've given a device completely unchecked. Um, So honestly, I think if you give a cell phone early on, I think the recommendation from people that have gone ahead of us with um, learning about cell phones is just to like give a restricted device first before just putting a smartphone in the hands of your child um, with unlimited access to internet and apps and so restricted devices mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of what, what do you mean I'm thinking like a cell phone without 
a means of getting on the internet or Such things social still exist. media. So, yeah. So, uh, Larry Walker was going to join us on, uh, for the podcast today and he, he is really sick, so he wasn't able to join us, but, uh, he, one thing that he recommended, he, uh, and I think one or two other families in the church use this as well as a, uh, a phone call to Trumi, T R O O M Y, I think. And, uh, and Larry's oldest is now 14. And when he turned 13, he gave him one of these, these phones. And, uh, the, the way that the, the phone works is the parents can really moderate from the start what, what all the, the apps and, and things are on the phone that the, the kid can use. So the, so when Larry gave uh, this phone to his oldest, it was just a phone. And by phone, I don't mean the way that we usually talk about our phones, but the way that, like someone in 2001 would have talked about their phones, which is it's a device for making phone calls. Hmm. And uh, so he, and so Larry gave that to his son, and the only um, <clears throat> the and also he could mon- he's able to control who the contact list is on the phone for who his son can call. Uh, which uh, that one, which that may sound weird, but it's actually really important because, uh, and Melissa, you may know this, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the number one way that kids end up with like uh, sexually illicit stuff that you don't want to be looking at on their phone is uh, is actually through like text messages with with like sometimes with other kids, and it's yeah. and it's it's things that kids are, are sharing among the, among each other. So it's like moderating who the contacts are could actually be a way to 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 make sure that phones are being used as phones and not as like portal devices. And if I may, just like one upside of technology is that kind of thing was not possible when I was growing up. Right. There was yeah. a phone. Yeah. Anybody could call. You know, I mean, I was a latchkey kid. So like like before parents got home, I could call anybody. Anybody can call me. And it's like there wasn't, they had no idea. My folks like had no idea. And um, there's, depending on the kid, depending on the age, that may or may not be a bigger deal. But um, it is something I like, the idea of when I get my kid a phone, uh, when they are uh, ready for one, I have that option. Technology win. Technology hero. True me. True me. Mm-hmm. Show notes. Yeah, I also, there's a podcast that I really want to recommend um, called The Lies Our Screens Tell Us, and it came out in like 2017. Um, it's Dr. Josh and Christy Straub released it, and they talk a lot about um just kids and technology and what some of the dangers are um and they share a ton of really helpful information and studies on there um about like what our screens are doing to us like in the pleasure pleasure centers of our brains and um like why we're addicted to it because of like just the dopamine hits that we're getting from it um but they talk a lot about like how um a lot of leaders of our culture um, and leaders in like creativity and technology actually really limit technology for their own kids. Um, so like Bill Gates's children, um, didn't get cell phones till they were like 14, which is four years after the current national average, which is like age 10. Um, and Steve Jobs didn't let his kids have iPads. Um, Elon Musk, I think his kids are at a school, I'm pretty sure, um, that like doesn't allow technology inside the school. Um, and they're, yeah. So just some of like the, 
the people that we look to that have created technology are limiting it for their own children, which kind of makes you wonder why. And I think, so Dr. Straub says he really, his uh, theory on why they limit technology for their own kids is because it um, decreases creativity because you need to be bored for 20 minutes before creativity can start to flourish. And I personally don't feel like I'm ever bored anymore. I always have something to look at or scroll or keep my hands busy, but um, it's really helpful for creativity. And if you want your kids to learn creativity for themselves, you know, they can't be um, distracted and amusing themselves with things. I don't know. Gotta, gotta say, whenever I hear the, the fact about these tech leaders not giving the, de- the devices to their kids or really moderating it, it kind of makes me a little mad. It's like for any of the, you, you'd listen here or like the more systemic thinkers, more systemic than me. It's like, it's, is there something, is there not something frightful about the fact that the ones who invented these technologies are fine distributing them to us, use, us using them for nine hours a day, but they wouldn't let their own children do that. Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I also feel like, I feel like they're making them for more than just children though. There's a lot of good things in the world that, you know, kids aren't ready for, you know? That's true. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, oh gosh, there's so many things that are coming to me. Another episode, top 10 ways to be bored together. <laughs> you know, one, one thing that, you know, I'm seeing coming out in my kids is, um, I, I do personally, uh, we'll say a joy and a strength that, that has grown is praying for me in the mornings. I look forward to it greatly, getting up before the family. I don't always, sometimes I'm too tired, sometimes I'm too lazy, but I enjoy it very much when I do. I enjoy the stillness, I enjoy the reflection, the outpouring, uh, the, the liturgy of it. But one thing that I'm dreadful at is between, say, 4 and 7 p.m. when I'm pretty tired and it's time for just being with my family. Um, I will usually do something like start cleaning the floor or just like the stillness is tough and I keep moving. And I'm seeing that in my kids is the stillness is really tough for one of my kids in particular. And um, my wife is so good at it. Um, She's not up early, but stillness is not something she has to strive for. It is just with her. Um, It's a gift. Oh my goodness. So how, not just boredom, but how to cultivate stillness. Another top 10. I don't know why I'm saying top 10. I like, I like lists. Um, (laughs) other, other things that I will, I'll just say this and I think we're getting kind of long here folks, but, um, one thing is really important is protecting your kids from technology in terms of, uh, uh, just what's out there. You know, one thing I've become very aware of is, um, what I said earlier. Uh, so I, my son goes to a K through eight school and you mentioned the national average for having a phone is when you're 10. And so the kids in the upper grades, like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you know, are standing in line at the beginning of the day waiting to go into school, and a lot of them have phones. And what are they looking at? Everything. Everything in the world that is on the Internet. They're looking at in the schoolyard. And I've, I've come to, so you can do one of a few things. You can say, I will never allow my kid in that kind of environment. And for all I know, that is something that, that's a good choice for some families. For us, where we are right now, and knowing our kids, it's like we are going to let him remain in that environment. I mean, it's his school. And assume that he will be exposed to terrible things. And we are going to minimize that. 
but um, that is an assumption I'm working with. My oldest is 10, and I'm assuming right now, before he's done fourth grade, he will, uh, he will have been shown something, hopefully not long, hopefully in an environment that if I, I'll find out about that he won't return to, but like, um, it is screens are, and when I look at the older kids, like on our block and stuff, it is so ubiquitous that I really don't know how to avoid it in, and still be faithful to other things we're called to. And I'm still thinking through that. I don't even know how I feel about what just came out of my mouth, but, um, I think one of the ways we're trying to undercut that is talking to my kids about dangers a lot Mm -hmm. and not just like scared straight, but like, like this is, um, screens are really dangerous for you and why at an age that's younger than maybe you think it's because because um it shows people being taken advantage of sexually which presumes that i'm talking to my kids about sex fascinatingly way earlier than the world is even though their kids are already watching sexually explicit images i'm hoping to reverse that like by a lot talk to my kids early and appropriately and often about sex about predators, about screens, about why he's not allowed to watch whatever he wants on TV, about what is on there that he's not seeing. I'm not going to keep it secret from him. I'm not going to show it to him, but I'm not going to keep it secret um, because he's old enough to understand and be a little scared, but also be talked through it and all that stuff, talking about the good stuff, talking about the bad stuff, talking about the dangers in an age appropriate way early, early. Yeah. And, um, I hope and I am going to struggle against any kind of exposure to stuff on the screens that I don't want them to see. But there is a certain extent to which um, I've thought I tend to live too much in the future and get very, very anxious. And I have thought about the future in ways that I can imagine based on my experience growing up when I was his age 30 years ago, that my eyes saw things that my parents had no idea that I was seeing at this age. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. One other resource I want to give, this is a little off topic and we are going to talk about talking to your kids about sex in a future episode. There is a great series of books by a couple named Stan and Brenna Jones and Stan Jones was a psychologist at Wheaton for many years. And he's got this great series of books. One is the first one is for kids five through eight. Um, actually there might be one even earlier than that, like about like an age appropriate where babies come from. And then um, same authors, same stuff, but taking it the next level in terms of age appropriateness, five to eight, you get into all the appropriate nomenclature for body parts and like uh, even getting into like screens and like ways that there are dangers out there Um, with, then there's one for ages eight to 12, where they basically talk about it all, not in great explicit detail, but but like, I mean, come on, by your time your kid's 12, they're going to know every word. They're going to know, not that they really understand it all, but like, I think, I think folks, not in a way that is giving into shame. We are late on this stuff. And one of the things I really want to see in our church is age appropriate. Uh, to, and this is a really key part of keeping our kids safe, is talking about um, sex and its dangers and its beauty in age-appropriate ways. And I don't know exactly how to do that, but um, Stan and Brenna Jones, the the book that for ages 8 to 12 is called What's the Big Deal? Why God Cares About Sex. And um, we, I think this does intersect with technology because, I mean, my goodness, um, this is stuff that our kids 
will find, I'm assuming my son will be exposed. I'm just keeps referencing him because he's my oldest, but he's going to know like, here's why that's not pleasing to God. Here's what I'm trying to protect you from. And here is, uh, uh, some of the, some of the damage it's, it, it's, it's having on the world. And, um, uh, here's why, uh, it's wise to really not let your eyes look at anything that you want. And if you do see it, um, I want you to tell me, and that's getting into something else is more than any other kind of behavior, more than any other kind of behavior I'm looking to cultivate in my children right now is honesty. You do something bad. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to understand there might be a consequence, but it's going to be nothing like if you lie about it, Mm. if you lie about it, I can't trust you. And our relationship is just going to slowly, it could become nothing at all. I mean, this is what deceit does. It breaks down everything eventually. But if you want to build our relationship, I can be honest with you and you can be honest with me. You can come to me about anything, anything. And um, yeah, I I really do bring this into the technology conversation because stuff is out there. And we're going to make mistakes and they're going to misuse technology. Folks, your kids are going to misuse technology technology and i want us to set the table now for how in a context of grace and openness and honesty to welcome them back and say uh, let's come out of the mess back from you know the prodigal's pigsty back to the home and there's always an open door but man we got to warn you about the mess and uh anyway um I, i wonder if that's enough for now folks um there's so many different topics can't say we won't come back to this either. I mean, I'm enjoying what we're talking about. And I think technology, the reason we're hitting it really early on in this podcast is it's such a big deal. There's so much to talk about. Things are changing so fast. And I could see, you know, six months, a year from now, us doing this again. So uh, fight the shame. Fight the shame. Uh, 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 Bless the children. (laughs) God bless you all. Talk soon.